Hello everyone, welcome to a true Mickey Mouse operation here. It's ARG Presents. I am Amigo Aaron, joined by a man who is mousy and lousy, the Brent. Whoa, I don't even know what that means. You heard me, lousy. Isn't that, rhymes. Isn't, isn't that like the the pow, de-lousing powder? Anyway, listen, <laughs> I, I, I sincerely hope not. I don't need that. So, if you joined us last week, we spun the wheel. We made the improbable deal, and we this did. week... We'll be playing games that are mouse-based. Brent, what do you know about mouse-based games? Have you played a lot of these? You know, back in the day, I would pay, play a lot of point-and-click adventures, <clears throat> which are usually mostly mouse-based, mm -hmm. uh, where we kind of went the other direction, and we picked games that are completely mouse-based. That's right. Now, this was, a, this was a pop he submitted by a listener. Yes, Duncan Styles. The Dunk. The yeah. Dunk. So, before we get into the meat of the show, I did a little crazy, wacky research, because you're thinking to yourself, what can you do? It's mouse-only games. Well, brother, I found something. I found an angle. So, we're going to talk about systems that had a mouse that you probably wouldn't have expected to have. All I'm right. talking consoles, brother. Oh, consoles. I, I know something about that. So, um, you know, it's surprising to me. Some of these really blew my mind. I'm not lying here. It was truly amazing. We're just going to go over a few consoles that had mice. Now, obviously... Computers had them, oh, yeah, yes. for the most part. Mm -hmm. Now, when we were Utes, uh, we didn't have no mouse, did we? No. The Coco had no mouse. Uh, the, I don't think there was ever even one available for the Coco no. that I recall. Uh, I'm sure you could have gimmicked one up, uh, but uh, well, what would you have used it with? I don't know. Yeah. But maybe you could found something. Uh, eventually, of course, when we got into the PC, and, and Deskmate was there, and we had we had a mouse there. So and the Amiga before that, even sure, sure, sure. So. These are some systems that you probably wouldn't suspect. And maybe a few games for them. So, now this one surprised me. I'm just, I'm, these are in no particular order. Sure. Okay? The, uh, the PlayStation, the Sony PlayStation, had, had a mouse. Yes. Uh, and amazingly... This thing uh, had a lot of games. Have you ever seen a PlayStation mouse? I have not seen a branded PlayStation mouse, uh, but I know uh, they were used a lot in shooters, right? Well, like uh, the one, uh, the examples are like Lemmings, 3D Lemmings that mm. use them. Uh, you can also use them like most gun games that support the mouse. Right. And the, mm. the mouse, the main mouse was the SCPH1050. And it was uh, uh, very popular, popular enough to where it appeared in over 75 games. You can use it in 75 different PlayStation games. Of course, PlayStation had hundreds of games, but yeah. Uh, I, priced, I priced this mouse, just in case you want to pick one of these bad boys up. Uh, you can get one today between 25 and 57 US dollars. That's a little <clears throat> pricey in my opinion, but all right. Uh, yeah. So, <clears throat> another system that had a mouse, and it's, again, I didn't... I don't know if I just ever thought about it, but I mean, it had one, and that is the Sega Genesis slash Mega Drive had a mouse. Did you know about that? Um, you know, I didn't. I don't know what it would possibly have been used for. Uh, it <laughs> it was the Sega Mega Mouse. <laughs> it easily has the best name of any of the mouse peripherals. Well, the know, Mega Mouse. If you're gonna have a mouse, you might as well be a Mega uh, Mouse. Uh, again, much like the other one, you get for shooting games, and also for like uh, RPGs, like Eyes of the Beholder, for example, will support it. Huh, uh, neat. This thing, it was. It ended up being used in about 28 games. Ooh, that's pretty low. Well, I'm just saying, it's something. Uh, listen, you've got, what's that bazooka for the Super Nintendo? The Super Scope. Yeah, how many games was that involved in? About Probably, 15. And what about the uh, track and field mat that we used to have for the NES? Uh, the, the Power Pad? Yeah, how many games supported that? Uh, about 
six and how many seven? Games, how many games supported that robot that packed in with it oh you, rob yeah uh the three okay so 26 <laughs> games for a purpose looking pretty good to me uh you can pick up a mega mouse uh pretty reasonably between 12 27 buckaroos right now i'm going to get one huh. now here's now we're getting into the into the weird zone here all right it was made i listed it so how many times have you been playing your uh, N64, 64 Double D, and you're like, man, if only there were a peripheral to meet my needs on this bad boy. Well, they made one. Yeah, I know. I, I was surprised. I mean, this was a marketed thing. Now, uh, bear in mind that this thing only had 10 disc releases, the Double right. D. It never was released in the United States. And for those that, and not in the know, and I'm sure most people are, the Double D was this... Uh, um, it was a floppy disk based unit that would hook into your N64. Yes, it held more data than a than a floppy disk did, of course. But that was the gimmick. But but it also had a release of SimCity, which used the mouse. This was a mouse release, the N64 Double D mouse that used that was shipped with Mario Artist. So it came. So there were at least two games of the ten. Okay. Pretty good, pretty good percentage. Sure, that you could use the mouse on. <clears throat> uh, this mouse is still available if you've got a few buckaroos on you. Oh, uh, yeah, I'd imagine <clears throat> it's probably up if you there. want to buy the mouse with the Mario uh, Artist software, you're gonna be paying between seventy nine and three hundred and thirty dollars. That's actually cheaper than I thought. If you just want still. the mouse, all I want's the mouse. Who needs the rest of this crap? <laughs> One hundred twelve buckaroos takes wow. to the house. Not too bad. Wow. Now here's one that I knew about. Uh, but it never had, and I always right. wanted one. The Dreamcast, yes, which we spoke on. Uh, sure, the Dreamcast had a uh, had a whole bunch of uh, <clears throat> crazy peripherals, which we went into uh, last week. Uh, but and of course, you had the fishing rod, and you had yes. uh, uh, all the VMU weirdness. They had a bunch of stuff and guns, <clears throat> but it had a keyboard and mouse as well. Uh, there were seventeen games that supported uh, the keyboard. Or keyboard and mouse, and which I think so that's okay. Seventeen, uh, uh, and you could get a Dreamcast mouse pretty cheap right now for twenty, thirty bucks. Not just bad. an FYI, they have make an adapter for the Dreamcast that lets you just plug in whatever you want. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, you could probably it's it's ironic about the same price, but still, it lets you plug in any keyboard, any mouse. Right. So right. and it's 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 they're available. That was probably the way to go. That we don't have to actually buy it. I mean, if you like stuff branded, you know, eh, I can understand. I can understand it. Yeah. Uh, amongst the games you could play for it were Quake. Uh, yes. Which was makes uh, sense. Quake. It was Quake Three Arena, which is a pretty good rendition. I think the only downside of that one, I don't believe you could play that one online. I don't think it had it supported the modem. I can't remember off the top of my head. That'd be horrible. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying. It had a, everybody's got a price. So now, back into the realm of the bizarre, <clears throat> a system that we've touched on. I sort of own the PC Engine. Yeah. Now, the PC Engine CD had a zillion, zillion, zillion RPGs on yes. it, as we, as we determined. Yes. So you got to have a mouse, man. Uh, the mouse PI-PD, that's what it was called. <clears throat> um, it, this was used a lot on like turn-based strategy games, RPG games. But, I mean, when I say a lot, it looks like they're uh, out of the vast library of PC Engine releases, a right. vast. The mouse was supported about 10 games. Oh. Yeah. Ouch. So, you know, eh, what are you going to do? You uh, know, for, for the type of game that's on that system, I'm kind of surprised by that. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, the, I don't know what it was about the PC Engine, but they just, they demanded you have no peripheral controllers. 
If you if you want one, screw you. And I believe this would also require the multi-tap to have because you if you have a joystick right. kind of thing. So yeah. uh, you could get boxed one of these mice, boxed thirty bucks. Wow. Well, there's not that much demand. Right. Course, and they're right. PC engines, so you know, the, as far as I know, the mouse they get a release in the USA. So here's another one. I, I this one blew me away. I gotta say, I'm not gonna lie to you. The Sega Saturn had a mouse know that you were a big no. saturn guy i was a big saturn guy uh in, in america it was the netlink mouse which was oh gonna, was i didn't used, know about it was going to be used for their web browser over yeah. in, in japan they had the shuttle the shuttle mouse all right um this game this uh, the mouse was used mostly in uh adventure games uh, or board games or strategy games huh. and uh but get this this is what blew my mind Okay, now I looked at this list. It's a lot of gun, a lot, a lot of the gun stuff. Right, it. right. The Saturn had over a hundred mouse compatible Woo! games. A hundred. Got to get a mouse now for the Saturn. Wow. Don't I? Huh. Uh, you can get a Japanese mouse for this thing between 30, uh, 13 and 27 bucks. And you can get a shuffle uh, for uh, between seven and 46. The price is sort of all wow, over the map. all over the map, yeah. But still under $50, you're in with a mouse. I couldn't believe the amount of uh, uh, action the mouse got on that. That it's is kind of crazy for something that you, literally you never hear about. Now, this is topical, this next system. The Super Nintendo. Yes. <laughs> the Super Nintendo had the Super Nintendo mouse. Yep. Uh, uh, so basically, when you think of that, pretty much the, what comes in, what's the first game that pops into your head? Mario Paint, of That's course. right, Mario Paint. Now, <laughs> have you played with Mario Paint? Before? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. And uh, I've used the Super Nintendo mouse. Many many times. Right. Now, do you did you have one of these? I did not. Who had no, one? Uh, I believe the Lilies were the ones. Those that guys had always it. had. They got everything. Um, of course, you could play a ton of stuff with this, including one of the games we're talking about in Japan. Uh, Civilization was an game you could play with it. Uh, there, uh, there's a uh, uh, game called King Arthur's World. That's oh, there it. there are there are uh, about seventy five games. No. For it. Yes. <laughs> no. There are there are around forty games. No. That is untrue. Around if forty. You, I'm games. talking about Super Famicom as well. Oh well, I'm talking. I'm just talking about the uh, Super Nintendo. There's about okay. forty. It's about forty games. In Super Famicom World, there's about seventy-five total. Now, the like Super Nintendo mouse, uh, six bucks. And the funny yeah. thing is, they've got new versions of this mouse. Yes. So you can actually go buy a new, like a third-party, like knockoff mouse. Yes. You know, if you and want. And they look one. nice. They look nice. So now we're getting obscure. All right, I got a few more here. Let's talk 3DO. <laughs> okay. I've got a 3DO setting up yonder. Uh, now, the 3DO, not every version of the 3DO supported a mouse, but the, and, and some didn't support other mice. It's the typical 3DO. That's the 3DO, the, the, the way to go. Um, the, uh, they, they released a mouse called the FZ-JMI. Uh, there weren't that many games that supported it. Uh, in fact, games you would expect to support it didn't support it. Uh, but uh, Lemmings, Light Gun Games, Mist, Shanghai, stuff like that support it. About 14 games. Mm. Uh, That's more than I would have thought. And it came packed with a game called Police Knots. Police Knots. Police Knots. <laughs> right? If you want the pack with Police Knots, 52 bucks. If you just want the mouse straight up, yo, $40. Huh. Not bad. Eh, yeah, I don't know I how mean, you like to that one. That's no, no. So... Listen, I'm going to bring this up because I'm a, uh, uh, I can't help myself. But the CD32, oh, one of the all-time great consoles. Hey, it's better now than it's ever been. Um, 
It supported an Amiga mouse. Plug that sucker in. That was all there was to it. But was there anything for it? Sure. You can, it, this is a CD32. Well, it was all directly ported okay. for the Amiga. I, I meant, yeah. So, I yes. Specifically. You almost have to have one if you're going to do anything particularly treacherous on the CD32. Uh, so, you'll, all you need is an Amiga mouse, and you're in. Amiga mouse, 15 to 30 bucks. Uh, if you're doing modern stuff when you see 32 you got to have a mouse because you're going to be playing. You didn't give me one on there pretty much. So, <laughs> like I said, today, if the C32 could do today, would it, uh, if it could have done that back when it was released, but they would have made they would have sold these things from now to doomsday, but they didn't do it that way. So, now, not even close. Here we go. Are you ready? All right. The Philips CDI. Now, listen, Philips never did a half job. That's it, for sure. I'm not surprised by this at all. I'm, I'm, oh, yeah. So, and they had lots of crazy yes. peripherals. <clears throat> so they had two mouse, two mice, plus a trackball, plus a roller controller. Yes, a triple. Yes, triple. Now uh, used in almost everything, right? I look. I can only find prices on the mouse that you can get. Okay. Uh, and you're looking at between twenty-seven and fifty bucks. I would like to have the the trackball or the roller controller, but right or a CDI for that matter. <laughs> But they are a pretty obscure from what I can sell. So, just a, co a couple mentions here as well. Um, the Atari 5200 has a legendary rolling device, which is the massive trackball, which is mouse-like. Big massive trackball that's the size of the actual console. Have you ever seen this thing? You could physically, you could physically beat a man to death, and this, and then use the thing while you were beating him down. That's how <laughs> this thing was massive. Everything on the fifty two hundred was like made for giants. I don't know what yes. they were thinking. Listen, I like the fact that they've got this compact design to cut down on wiring to your television, which is horrible, by the way. And then, but we're not what we made, lacked in that. We're going to make up for it. In fact, it, it takes up the size of a tabletop. <laughs> if you right. have this thing and the and the rollerball beside it, I mean, it's you would barely fit on this table. Yeah, it's so huge. It's true. It's all true. Um, you could get one of these bad boys for about thirty three bucks unboxed and about seventy bucks box. Now, <clears throat> one last item I thought about and I didn't write down. Um. For some reason, just because they also made a roller controller for the uh, ColecoVision. You ever seen this thing? Uh, I probably have, but I don't recall it. Right, right. Because I don't know what it would have been ever used for. It's another big plasticky unit. Yeah. I don't, honestly, I'm trying to think of what you, what you used it for. I'm trying to think of what on the Coleco. I'm sure there was something, but I can't think of it right off the top of my head. Like I don't have. Like or something That's silly. one of the few Coleco peripherals I don't have. I've got the wheel. You know, I've got the uh, uh, Atari expansion device. I've got a, an Atom. I've got a lot, but I don't have that. I don't do not have that. So I just thought that was interesting. Like I said, I would not have suspected that some of these systems had had mouse support and sold mice. So kind of neat. So you know, in addition to that, yeah. so, uh, some things that you might not think of. All right. Uh, your eight-bit computers, like your Spectrums. Yeah. Those also had mice. I mean, you think, oh, it's a computer, of course, but think of what kind of computer it is, where having a mouse is a, is a pretty big deal. I didn't even know it had, I mean, I didn't think much about it, but yeah, yeah I mean, I'm not surprised. <clears throat> the, the way you hook peripherals on the Spectrum, it's such a small unit yeah. that when you hook it, like, Boat's got this gimmick that has a joystick that goes out the cartridge slot. It's so bizarre looking. It's look. It's so hack a do. Oh, it is. Know? Yeah. But it's it, there's it's uh, it reminds me of the old days. Is what it reminds me of. When you just had crazy junk hanging out of stuff. That's right. You know the Coco was like that. The Amiga was like that too. So, mouse games. Yeah. It was an interesting. It was an interesting conundrum as to it was. You know, 
because we we went through uh, I, I really sat down and went through a lot of different systems to try to come up with something that didn't violate the rules or whatever and it's surprisingly yeah. hard to find a game that is 100% mouse control yeah yeah I mean uh, I mean a lot of them have during gameplay hit this or hit that yeah and I will say the one I picked you you hit the space on the, you get a menu but I thought that was still in play so so uh, I will kick off the break. show I will kick off the uh, the game extravaganza this week what'd you bring to the table I picked a game I've heard about for years and really I'd never really actually played it it was called the Shuttlepuck Cafe now, yes Brent, have you heard of this one before before oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. This really? is a really famous game, man. It really is. Oh, I, yeah. Uh, so, this guy released... And I'm, I'm going to look at the Amiga version, because when I think... It's of, the best version. When I think of mouse games... <laughs> no, seriously. That, this is the... I mean, it's the... The Amiga is the mouse... It was the mouse-centric computer that had good games. I mean, other computers had mice. But the thing other is... Other computers had good games, but this is the one that had the mouse and the good games. The thing with Amiga is, I've always experienced the, the your mouse, or your <laughs> what your mouse offering, and they're always so terrible. Well, we'll we'll get into that in a minute. <laughs> uh, um, but uh, Shuttlepuck was released, like I said, in 89, and it was published and developed by Broderbund. Now, I thought this was interesting. When you think Broderbund, I mean they they put out a lot of games Absolutely. on the on the Amiga and on, on systems uh, across the spectrum, uh, but develop wise on the Amiga they only developed one other game. Really, as far wow. as I can tell, huh? I did and, not know that. And that was Prince of Persia, and really that was you know that was Jordan Mechter developed it, but I mean pretty much I don't know what they're they're but they're listed as a developer. But he, I mean that, in sure. actuality, you know, so of course everyone there's always a guy that develops that just happens to know know who that guy is. Um, a lot there weren't a lot of people that worked on this. Now this got one thing I'll say before we get too deep in this is Shovel Puck Cafe. Shovel Puck Cafe got ported like everything. I mean, it had it had a few ports, yeah. Yeah, and so uh, a few very weird ports. It did. Now get this. So you've got your Amstrad. Yep. You got your Mac Classic. Yeah, those aren't crazy. Uh, the Mac Classic one. Look, was actually it was in, it was a vectory looking. I, it was I played good. it as well. Yeah. It, it played just as well. Uh, the Atari ST, the yep. NEC PC ninety eight. Yeah, now you're getting a little strange, a little obscure. The NES, that's the one that blew my mind. Yeah, uh, of course DOS. Uh, now the, here's one that was wacky. The Sharp X sixty eight thousand. Did you know about that that's one? That's I don't. I still think the NES one is stranger. And they had a Tandy version slash uh, IBM PC Junior, which is that using oh, really? sixteen color. Yeah, yeah. Huh, I didn't see that one. Now you'll notice. <clears throat> I always heard about this game, and I'll, for whatever reason in my head, I thought this was a classic C sixty four game. That's why I don't know why. Really? Well, guess what? This didn't get a release on the sixty four. Nope. Now apparently there was one in the works, but it was never, uh, but never got released. And there was an Apple II GS version in the works. <clears throat> the Apple II GS is the fancy color. Like everyone loves the GS now. I think Boat's the one that is a real big fan of that one. Uh, but uh, this did not get uh, finished and sent out to the GS. But apparently there's a there's a uh, there's a beta version floating around. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. So uh, the I wonder if that version <clears throat> is superior to the Amiga. No way. This is the Amiga, brother. We never lose no freaking Mac. <laughs> so uh, the graphics on this were, were done by a guy. Named Gene Portwood, uh, he his only claim to fame with the Amiga was "Where in the World Is Carmen Sandiego," which was a big, huge hit as yes. well. And the music, which I thought the music was actually pretty good when you hear it, <clears throat> was done by Lauren Elliott. 
And again, where in the world San Diego? It's Carmen San Diego is the only uh, is the only credit they have. So the people that worked on this really didn't work on a ton of other stuff on the Amiga. And I should mention the coder was a fellow named Christopher Gross. Christopher Gross. <clears throat> and this was an old school Amiga game. It ran the OCS, and, and um, you know it's it pretty standard stuff. So what is this game? Well, you find yourself in a uh, backwater cafe, yeah. all right, against a backdrop of insanity, aliens, mutants, freaks of nature, robots, they're all here. Colorful characters. In the cafe, and they're playing the number one game in town, the old shuffle puck. Now, what That's is right. that? <clears throat> well, if you're familiar with air hockey, it's basically air hockey. Yes. Uh, Where your goal is everything. <clears throat> if you ever thought to yourself... What would it be like to be on a foreign planet and take on aliens and air hockey? This is the game for you. That's it. Um, so this, this, by the way, I found out that the original, very, very original release of this was made for the Mac. Yes. So everything was built yeah. on that on that version. Now I'm assuming, uh, uh, and I'll look this on the Mac footage. I mean, really, if you look at these games, and I actually played a couple versions. Yeah, I did as well. I played it on the PC and on the Amiga. Um, <gasps> oh, you didn't play the Mac version? I didn't. I, actually, play I Mac. played the Mac version. It played very well. If you look at these, they're all almost they're virtually identical, yes. aren't they? Uh, I mean, there will be color differences, a little bit of sound, sound differences, differences but yeah. effectively, they're they're all, they're very similar. It's a very easy to translate game, is why. Right. So um, the Amiga version this sort of has a uh, a, a plot where you oh, yeah. where you basically well, you're hey. basically broke down you need to call a, a, to get a tow and you go to the shelf pot cafe to use the phone and they will let you use the phone That's until you beat all these guys right. which is the same thing that the 68,000 has a little a little plot strapped to the yeah. front it's a horror that the amiga plot is a horrible plot is often ignored by everyone because it's so stupid well i mean it's what that's not that's a that's a legit plot what no, are you talking that's about? a dumb plot you don't you don't like the plot no. so let's talk about your opponents in this because really this game is as basic as it gets We'll talk about the game first. You sit on one end of the table close to you. You don't see yourself. And you stare across the table at your opponent. Okay, The table is in sort of a pseudo 3D length. And they're on the sides of the table are barriers. And so you've got just an empty table. That's right. And there's a... Um, Basically, look like a triangle, which is your which is your paddle. And your opponent's got a triangle. Think think the, uh, the bouncer from Pong. All right? The... the, uh, the the, what you use to hit the ball, and and then the 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 board the play field sort of like wood grain looking at yeah. more or less, and you use your mouse as a as your hand as and, you're, a, yeah. and you're moving this paddle with your hand. <clears throat> if you if you hit the mouse button, you can you can really change a lot. You can customize a lot of what you <coughs> what you do. Right? Like it'll change the way you hit subtly and or not subtly depending on how you tweaked it. And as you stare at your opponent, <clears throat> the puck appears. And you basically play air hockey. And when you score a goal on your opponent, a sh there's an invisible sheet of glass, which is sort of this game's uh, high watermark, technically. Yeah. It shatters. and, and, and it has a really it, cool yeah, it's shatter pretty, It's a pretty cool effect. And then when the puck, their puck gets past you, your side shatters. Yes. And, it, and then it just is back up. You don't, yeah. you don't see the glass until it shatters, and it makes a shattering noise. Um... Uh, that's pretty much the game. Now, yep. first to fifteen, they wins. will let you. They will let you tweak it out 
uh, in non-tournament play, you can tweak out your paddle. And <clears throat> you can tweak out a lot of stuff, yeah. not just the paddle. Yeah, well, I mean, in non I mean, I'm talking in non-tournament play, you can tweak out your paddle, and you can add barriers. And, yeah. uh, um, uh, you can actually uh, also change how your shots work. Uh, I mean, it's there's a lot of it's it's actually surprisingly deep. I yeah, mean, in a weird way yeah. for for uh, functions that you wouldn't expect <clears throat> in a game like this, it goes very deep. You can control speeds, you can control size of paddle, all the way up to where you can have a paddle that is as large as the hole that you're blocking. Yeah, and the problem with that is your opponent will just always hit it straight back to you, and sure they can never score against you, but you'll never be able to angle the puck. Yeah. In a way to allow you to score either. They let you do it, but you're an idiot if you, yeah, if you do yeah. that. I found that making the paddle larger wasn't necessarily the way to go. You know, I, I usually use the standard. I well, play mostly tournaments, so you well, can't really miss it. It's, it's, it's not the fact that it's good or bad. It's the fact <clears throat> that you can do it that's impressive. Right. Also, you have where you hold down the mouse button, and it will give you different types of control, like you were saying before. Yeah. You can adjust the barrier that moves in the middle you know, to some extent. Uh, the options being there adds some replayability to the game. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, something else I like is, th is your control over the puck is pretty good. I mean, you can it's actually, decent. yeah, you can actually. What I like to do, Brent, is is when the puck's coming in, I like to whip that paddle across like this, and you can <clears throat> you can angle the ball or the puck in a, in a, in a direction that you like, and yeah. you can sort of trick them. It's and you know it's there's and you're moving back not just backwards and forwards but uh, up sideways. You're moving all over right. in in your area of where you have movement. So it's not just like unlike pong where you're just going side to side. I mean you've got a realm of movement that you don't normally enjoy. Correct. Correct. <clears throat> so let's talk about your opponents. A colorful cast, if there they ever are. was one. So they are certainly the highlight of the show. First off is the serving robot DC three dash also. Uh, he is a basically there for to train you yes. uh, uh, for all intents and purposes. He's a, he's he's no good. He's just a, he's just basically a waiter that you're yeah. playing, uh, and 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 he beeps and buzzes and makes robot noises when you play him. Then you've got uh, Skip Freeney. He's this little geek, uh, Harry Potter looking, very kid. human. It's a human, yeah. humanoid. He's new. He's easy to beat. There's never a problem That's with right. him. He looks a lot like Waldo or. Yeah, he's a cross yeah. between Waldo and Harry from Harry Potter. He'll tell Harry you, he'll, like, he'll, good shot. Yeah, he'll nice say shot. that a lot. Nice shot, yeah. Uh, and he's not difficult at all. No. Uh, <clears throat> then you've got uh, Vizine Orb. <laughs> okay. Vizine Orb is a native of, of Squalor 3. I'd hate to live there. Uh, he is very short. So all you see of Squ This guy's like, playing playing Orb is like playing like a little kid in yeah. hockey. Because if you watch the paddle on his side, it's just rapidly going like this, like crazy. Just it's spazzing out. And yeah. it's funny when he scores on you, he laughs. He can't. It seems like stunned that he could be. Yeah. You know, he's not very good either. But it's no. so manic that he can be annoying. But you. Use, oh, like, it's but him. it's pretty. It's yeah. He's a pretty easy opponent yeah. as well. Then you've got Benny the Dweeb. Yeah, <laughs> Benny the Dweeb is this big. Um, how would you explain it? like a like a pig man? Who? Yeah, he's a pig man soldier. Yeah. He slashes the peace sign at you. Occasionally, he's he's a grad student at the University of uh, Zippy. He's a physics major, and he and so he and that gives him the ability to make these incredible shots. Which not really. No, yeah, he's pretty easy as well. Uh, and uh, he he's pretty peace loving until you score him a few times and he gets mad. Uh, I he would give me a good run, but well, I, I, I could I, I could beat, beat him, him too. Yeah, yeah. I, I could beat him. So 
Then you've got Lexan Smythe Worthington. Now, this guy's quite a character here. Probably the best guy in the game. He's an alligator, alien. Let me see if it says where he's from. He's a lizard. He's a uh, remittance lizard from one of the finest families at Saurus uh, 8. He gets $2,500 a month just to go to stay away from his homeland. Yeah, he, he's he's your uh, your rich guy. Yeah. He, and he's and he, sipping the martini. He's drinking. He, he, he's got a drink here. It's a local blue champagne. And, it, and as you're playing, this guy's really tough at first. But the longer you can keep him going, the more drunk he gets. Yes. And so towards and, the end of the game, he's absolutely atrocious. And, and, and he's burping and he's had all kinds of trouble. As long as he doesn't score on you repeatedly. Because in the beginning, it's it's all an endurance game. Yeah. You have to be able to keep up with them. Uh, and as long as there's a long enough gap between scores, when he scores on you, he'll drink. Yeah. So about 10 scores in, you just crush him. Yeah. But I like this guy. The funny thing about this guy is when you beat him, he you just see him slowly lower from the table, and you hear this you hear this crash. Like this guy's just passed out on the floor. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, I like this guy, but I I could beat him too. I could beat him as well. So now, and then you get on to the here we go. Then you get on the tougher guys, the general. Yep, Ineg Dutrop Daltrop. This guy, uh, the this guy according to the documentation. He's just a guy that showed up at his house one day in a military outfit and declared that he was... He told his wife that he was revolting, and she agreed. That's, <laughs> that's what says the thing. <laughs> I love that. Anyway, this guy's tough, isn't he? This, this is it. I can't get past this guy. I can't get past him either. Yeah. Uh, he Unfortunately, the difficulty curve on this game is ridiculous. Well, it goes from... I mean, it gives you plenty of guys to fight, but then you get you hit a guy where the, you really yeah, the have up, the upper echelon is unbeatable. Well, now, I, I can score on these guys, which means if you can score on them, you can beat them. So, uh, th but this guy was tough. He, uh, uh, um, it was just hard to get pucks past, and he would yeah. hit some hard stuff. And the funny thing about this game is, I mean, you don't feel like you're getting ripped. Well, there's a couple places you get feel like you get ripped off. I feel like points. I'm getting ripped off. I thought this guy played a pretty fair game. I got about six or seven points on him. I, I didn't even do that well. I don't I don't recall doing that well. Okay, the next the next uh, opponent is a uh, Neural Oidel. All right, T T O I L L E. This is the uh, hooded figure. Okay, yes. now this is a weird one. Did you ever? I played this. Part oh, I played them all. But I yeah. mean, this was another tough one. Oh, well, then he was unbeatable. So this is like it looks like the Grim Reaper shows up to play yeah. you, and whenever, whenever you score, whenever he scores on you, the 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 chest of his cloak opens up, and a little alien face goes like like celebrates, and whenever you score on him, the alien face comes out and goes like oh, blah, blah, yeah, blah, gets blah. mad, gets mad. I thought that was pretty cool. He was a lot of fun. Uh, again, incredibly difficult. I never beat Unbeatable. him either. Now then, you've got Princess Bajan. She's the she's the hot, sexy, Token hot chick girl yeah. of the of, of. Listen, they only got one. So I'm going to give him a pass. Oh no, that's, I didn't say anything bad about it. So <laughs> the documentation says that she's she's been allegedly romantically linked to the general, but it okay. also says the general probably made that up. <laughs> Good move, the general. So. This chick is a, the hot, sexy girl that you play. She's a, she's very competent, right? But she also cheats. What she'll do is after after uh, she sinks a puck on you, and she gets control of the puck, she'll get you here like a mmm, 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 and she'll use her mental powers to shoot the puck in a in a direction that's that's. It sounds random, but it's not. 
there are two noises it makes. And if you if you listen for the subtle difference between the two, you can tell which side of the of the uh, of the board she's going to hit the puck on. Yeah, one's a high pitch noise and one is a low pitch noise. Right, right, right. And so with that in mind, you can at least block those shots. Now, she's tough, isn't she? She she's unbeatable. She's she's all all the everyone past the generals. Unbeatable. I don't agree with you on that. I think I like I said I scored pretty good on the, on on a couple of these guys. I was able to score on her a couple times. My thing is, if you can score on them, they can be beaten. So it just yeah. takes some practice. I mean, we only played it for a week, too. She was tough, though. And, but it, that was fun. She's fun to play just because she's uses her mental powers. The sound effect's pretty cool. It sounds like somebody broke out one of those old, one of those old instruments called they used to use in the monster movies. You know, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, uh, and, and, and fired that up. So that was, she was kind of neat to play. Then you got the main event, Bill Ronch. Bill Raj is, is pretty impressive. He is a outlaw Galactocycle Bike Club member. He's the leader, and the name of the club is called Heaven's Devils. <laughs> he's he's a big mean. He's pretty good, actually. He's a big mean freak. He's real tough. He's the pub champ. Yeah, he's you also know. unbeatable. He's well, yeah. He he. In fact, I've heard he is literally unbeatable unless you have like a really good mouse. We should probably talk about the mouse. So. As I mentioned, I played this on the trusty old school Amiga, which is great. <clears throat> but the trusty old school Amiga still has the trusty old school mouse. Unplayable. I've yeah. got several different mice, and I broke out a couple of them to see if <clears throat> if it improved my game. Uh, they're all old school Amiga mice, though, um, and it, they did not. And the truth of the matter is, if you're going to play this game, I would suggest a new mouse. I mean, I mean new. Uh, I played also played this on the uh, uh, Amiga Forever package. I emulated it to see how mm-hmm. I did on there. I did much better with the laser mouse than I did with the Amiga mouse. Oh yeah, well your <clears throat> mouse really well, I mean, sucks. Well, no, I've got multiple mice as you've seen it last. I got tons of mice. I've got new. I've got the several different models of Amiga mice, but none of them were in the same stratosphere as using a laser right. mouse. So. Now, they, you can get a laser mouse for the Amiga, uh, and that's probably the way to go if you seriously want to sit down and play this. Now, here's what I like about this game. There's a bunch of stuff I like. This is a nice, leisurely game where you can sit down, you can fire this up. Literally, the opening menu, you just pick whoever you want to play, and you play it. Yep. You don't have to go to the tournament. You don't have to do nothing. You can go to that stuff. If you play just an individual match, you can just pick whoever you want. You can... Tweak the rules. You can put the blockers in the middle of the, of the field to make it more interesting. Sometimes those blocks will actually hurt the computer. They will have some trouble with them. You know, oh, so yeah. often the blocks help you and hurt the computer. And those are just like barriers near in the middle of the, of the field. Kind that, of wiggle around that back just, and forth. That just, uh, you know, they're barrier. It makes stuff so the computer can, no one get these straight shots in. So it makes a difference. But it's this is a fun leisurely game that uh, you can just set back with a, an adult beverage. Or, and play it, and it, it's a it's a good time. It's not deep. It's not uh, um, even if you tweak all the control stuff. It's not like this is a deep game. It, it is what it is. It's glorified pong or whatever, basically. But the presentation's top shelf. It really is. It's a very clever uh, game, and it's a lot of fun. Now, with all that said, there's one major omission, and it's omission in every version of this game, and that is there is no support for a second player. Uh, this game would have went a long ways if they would have supported two players. Uh, now, uh, you could have done it split screen. You could have done it uh, via a link 
like a you know like a serial link or a, a, or even some sort of internet thing. Although I'd say this game would be tough to play on like a modem back in the day. It does not have any of these things, which is which is a shame because that's the one thing that would have made it a lot more fun to have multiple players. In fact, what would make make it even more fun is to let you pick your character and then you gain some sort of extra ability, like the mind control or the uh, the drinking guy. Maybe that'd be a good handicap for a really good player because as he plays, he would get more and more drunk. That would be fun. Uh, I read that there's a uh, um, some sort of sequel to this. Did you look into that at all? No. I, it was like I think it's like a phone thing or something. I I didn't look into it, uh, but uh, I don't, so maybe they maybe they remedied that on there. But overall, uh, this is not going to win deepest game of all time award. But as a mouse game, it's a lot of fun. I uh, I enjoyed it. I I had, like this is my really my first go around with it, and I thought it was I thought it was this is a kind of this is the kind of game I really like from back in the day. Someone thought outside the box. Let's take a simple concept, build something around it. That the extra characters make it fun. The graphics are really—they're not nothing to write home about. But they look pretty good. Some of the some of the screens look real nice. It's nice. The graphics are nice and clean. And what the best part of it is that the actual gameplay is solid. You're not gonna—you're not gonna lose out. There's no weirdness. I mean, it—it it gets to the point where it's incredibly hard. But it's—it's it's, you feel like you're getting a fair shape. Any thoughts on that? I disagree with almost everything you say. Wow, okay. Uh, first of all, the things I do agree with. The graphics are are great for the era, um, <clears throat> and the atmosphere is stellar. Yeah. Stellar. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it needs a two-player mode because the enjoyment of the game is playing the different characters that you're up against. Me fight me against you. This is Pong. This is air hockey. I don't want that. I want, uh, I want to play against the big pig general. Okay. Well, I'm close. Well, I'm you are. On it. Um, I, I think that the sound in this is horrible. There is no music while you actually play the game. All you get is some <clears throat> some some wood knocks and puck knocks from the sound from hitting the puck. What a missed opportunity. This is on some of the systems with some of the greatest sound of its era, and it has no... And you're in this this rowdy uh, 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 pub. Why is there not It has cheers? some background sound at the beginning. No, 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 no. I want, while you play, the crowd needs to be going nuts when you, when you score. They need to have subtle, like, bar fights in the background. <laughs> They lose so much atmosphere by not having any sound while you play. It's very, very disappointing. You're not, you're not wrong. And I, this game, I think, suffers from a little bit from portitis. I think they poured this thing from... And the Amiga gets this, and the Atari ST gets it too a lot, where you poured these games from like lesser systems. I mean, could the graphics have been better? Absolutely. Could the sound and music have been better? Way, yes, much better, but they was a straight port, and they didn't do it. I, the I the graphics are fine. Right, I but it could have been graphics. better, is my point. It could have uh, been much better. The play on this, they might as well not have the last four characters, because they are virtually unbeatable. And I'm talking about, I, I actually went out in search of someone who beat this legitimately, made it all the way through the tournament, and I could not find a single video on the internet showing from beginning to end winning this. It's legendarily hard. But I mean, no, the, no, no, no. It's not legendarily legend hard. That's stupid. 
That's stupid. I'm not saying I should be able to beat this on my first time through. I don't have a problem getting to the fourth guy and not being able to progress because I'm not willing to put in the time to get better. I got no problem with that. But when you can't find a single video on the internet of someone beating this from beginning to end, I think that is suspect. You need to get on it, man. I think that is suspect. Uh, uh, I also think that it is criminal, criminal, that while they have all these awesome options where you can adjust things, I think that's great. I think it is criminal that there are only two characters that you fight against, uh, the, the lady and the drunk, that actually have a change to their character during the match or do something unique during the match. All of their sprites look great. Their little sound effects are fine. But when you are banking so hard on a premise that and you've got this you've got awesome ideas, why not flesh them out? I was what with the cloaked figure, why doesn't that little chest burster get up and like start kicking the puck? You know, to help his team. Right. Why doesn't Why doesn't the uh, uh, Why doesn't the little kid start talking about like trying to make you feel bad, saying you know like Oh, I always lose. Anything would have been better than just having. You've got awesome components and you just do nothing with it. Well, now all of that said, I'm not gonna hate on this game as to saying it wasn't great for its time because it's still. Uh, stepped outside of the box in so many ways that the atmosphere uh, really set it apart. But am I ever going to play this again? You know what? Actually, I, I might. I might come back in three or four years to play it just to see all the characters. It's kind of like revisiting, like going to Cheers or something. You know, you go back to see everyone, all the weird, cool characters. Uh, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to devote an evening to this ever. Because there's not enough game there. Well, I think this is a quick distraction style game. I, I can't deny most of what you said I agree with. Uh, but I think, like I said, a lot of this is... If we look at its its trajectory to the Amiga, it ran to a lot of other systems. And like we said, uh, most of the other versions are almost identical. I played the IBM PC version of this, and it was, you know, sound aside, it, was, it looked almost exactly the same in almost yeah. every way. So, there you go. Uh, the reviews on this... Uh, the people over at Lemon, which is sort of the authoritative scoring uh, webpage of the Amiga, gave this a 7.88. Uh, Amiga Format gave it a 49%. They really hated it. Amiga Power gave it an 83%. They liked it. Amiga Resource gave it eight, uh, 16, or 18 out of 20. Uh, Antics Amiga Plus gave it 4 out of 5. And CU Amiga gave it a 72. Not bad. So I, And I would say those... I would say I would put this somewhere in the C level of game. Uh, like I said, I, I, I would as well. It gets a lot of points for originality of, of, of doing something with that, that loose plot. If you were interested in picking this thing up, uh, I found box copies. They're all overseas, of course. And, of course. You know, uh, $10, $26, and $55. You can go pick them up straight away. I think you could probably get this thing for around 25 to 30 bucks, really, if you, if you want to look hard enough. So. That's it, man. That's that was the long and short of it. What what are you gonna bring to the table today? I went to a console and said, Consoles, what can you do for me for mouse original mouse games? Yeah. And they said, you know what? Super Famicom, Mario and Wario, let's do it. Okay. And I thought I thought, Mario and Wario, first of all, I'd never heard of this game. Yeah. And I thought, a Mario game I've never heard of that is completely mouse controlled. 
Let's do it. Yeah. This is going to be awesome. It was not awesome. <laughs> I got to tell you, I, this is one that I, I didn't, I had not heard of this one. I had never heard of this game. For it to be a Mario and Wario game. Uh, first of all, let's, a little Super NES mouse history here. Uh, when you're talking about releases for the Super NES versus the Super Famicom, one has lots of releases, one has less releases. The states did not get, first of all, they didn't get Mario and Wario. And they did not get a plethora of other titles that Japan did get. Now, a lot of these were role-playing type games uh, or, or uh, 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 you know, Mahjong type things that would not sell in the United States or even in Europe or anything like that. Mm. But they had far more choices of games to play with your Super Nintendo mouse. Um, <clears throat> the big problem was they weren't buying games over there either you know <laughs> yeah. so it was the the nintendo was really trying to push this thing and just no one was buying it and i think that is because uh you know a console mouse while it looks great on paper the biggest absolute problem is you play a console like this with your hands up on your up on your lap above you setting down on the couch you maybe. play yeah. mouse games on a table yeah and that is what i think 100 percent killed the super nintendo mouse and it had nothing to do with the quality of the mouse or the games so let's move on to actually talking about mario and wario when you hear a title like that you think man i'm either going to be the good guy or the bad guy this is going to be awesome i'm going to control the main character no you change you you take control of a fairy named Wanda that was dropped from the universe of Mario literally as soon as she existed. She is for this game, and pretty much that is it. And no mention of this game outside of a few uh, Smash Brother references and a Pokemon reference, which we'll get into here in a second, has ever come from this game. Uh, and it is due to poor sales because the game is already translated in English. Sending it over here would have been rewriting one instruction manual, bam, you're done. Yeah. But it did not happen. <clears throat> so what is the story of Mario and Wario? I'll take it from the translated Japanese book. <laughs> okay. You are on an island. Within the forest depths lives a fairy, and those who behold it find happiness as the tale goes. One day, Mario sought the fabled fairy by coming to the forest, Peach, Yoshi, and Luigi were together, or should have been, but alas, Luigi, <laughs> Luigi's visage was unseen. Mario's group of three had decided to look for the little lost Luigi. Then, the sky was overcome with the suspicious engine sound. What is that? It was Wario riding in his personal plane, the Bulldog. And he threw a bucket from the sky. <laughs> Here you go! Uh-oh, the bucket landed right on Mario's head. Oh, I can't see in this thing. Watching was the forest fairy, Wanda. She somehow wanted to help, but the small fairy did not have the ability to remove the bucket. Thus, Wanda decided to use her magic wand on Mario to send signals, guiding him to Luigi. Her magic stinks. 
can't remove a book. So, so that's the story. So Wario sees Mario going into the forest to find happiness, which that's all kinds of strange right from the get-go, especially since he's bringing, he's bringing the princess, Yoshi, Luigi, and Mario out of this forest to find happiness from a fairy. I'm not even going to go there. And then Wario sees him and throws a bucket on his head. What? <laughs> you know, there's a lot of bucket on the head things. Is that, is that something that was a big thing I, I, back I, in the day where that would happen a lot? I, I don't know. I don't know. So, I mean, the, the, the actually, the story is loose and fun, so I don't have a problem with it. And depending on what level you play, Wario can throw a variety of objects on Mario or Peach or Yoshi's head. Broken eggshells, a jellyfish, which that sounds a lot more like murder. Uh, <laughs> you know, and depending on which character you pick, each walks real slow, which gives you more time to do reactions, but gives you less time. You know, it takes her longer to get through trap areas. And then uh, Yoshi's a speed demon. He walks like the lightning, so it's really hard to keep up with him. So what do you do in this game? Well... These are single scrolling screen platforming levels where you control Wanda with the mouse and your click changes the environment or if you click on your the character you've chosen, we'll just say Mario, uh, it will turn him around. It'll make him go in the no, opposite tell, direction. Tell him what it, she does. Well, she whacks him she with the wand. She beats him with a stick yeah. and, and in makes, the head. And makes him turn around. So it's, it's very amusing. It is. It's also somewhat satisfying. Burn, I won't lie. Burn on the head. So the, through the levels, uh, Luigi is in one location and Mario's in another location, just walking forward. That is his only function. He walks forward. You, as Wanda the fairy, have to control the the environment by making magical blocks appear or by whacking enemies to defeat them or crushing blocks to, to clear the path. And as Mario goes, he'll go up uh, up ladders, conveyor belts, basically. Uh, and eventually, if you got him correctly, you will be able to get to Luigi, and Luigi will remove the bucket from Mario's head. Uh, along your path, some things that will, uh, some items that can help you are, you can get one-up mushrooms, which are the traditional green one-up mushrooms. I got no problem with that. You can uh, uh, bash coin blocks. Uh, and think of, you know, Mario jumps up and hits a coin block with his fist yep. and gets coins that way. Well, Wanda can't do that. She just whacks him with a wand and the coins come out. I got no problem with that. Here's <laughs> why I have a little bit of problem. There are symbols in Mario games that do something. I know what you're and saying. everything, yeah. you you know, you see the icon, you know what that does. It's always the same in every so game. So when you see a star, you think, I'm going to pick up this <laughs> star and become invincible, yeah. and that way I can just roll through the enemies or whatever. No. Ooh. No. Stars are now just collectibles for each level. There are four on most of the levels, and when you collect them, you get an extra life. They're sort of like the special green coins or red coins that would pop up that you get, you know, they would come up, and you had to get them real quick. Sort of, but, but that, these are always there. Yeah, they're stationary. Yeah, they're, and it, they're, they're a set. They're, they're puzzle elements to get to most of these stars. Yeah. Uh, and then you have the the traditional red mushroom that everyone knows. Everyone knows what it does. Makes Mario bigger, lets him take a hint. 
No. <laughs> now it gives you more time to complete the level. Yeah. So I've got a little bit of issue with that, but you know what? That's fine. If you got bigger, his head would get mushed. <laughs> well, maybe just break out of the bucket. They need one to make you smaller. No, they, they make it bigger, breaks out of the bucket. Maybe yeah. need well, eat, hopefully you make the level in the early. I wouldn't risk it. So, what are the obstacles that the the game gives you? The puzzle elements, because this is at its heart a puzzle game. Yeah. This is like you're guiding one lemming to the goal, and you are all of the different lemmings. You 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 have you through the elements of the environment you control what all the other elements of the lemmings would do. So you have blocks, coin blocks, and you can just bash them and get coins. No problem there. You've got uh, dotted outlines of where a square could be. So when you use your magic wand, you can make that square appear. Still, we're good. Elevators will. Uh, when Mario gets on them, take them to a higher platform. Since this is a 2D game, you have to do that so the levels aren't just one linear path straight. You know, right. there's some variety definitely there. Definitely not that. No problem. Flip blocks. They are either blue or red, and you can only have blue active when blue's there and red active when red's there. Yeah. Cool. I got no problem. Uh, you get the fusion blocks. These are elements that you can't control. And they will randomly get larger so that you can be walked on or disappear so there's a hole. Don't like those, but I'll get into that in a second. You've got uh, cracked blocks, which are basically boulders that you can whack and clear the path. Excellent. Jump blocks. These are spring platforms uh, that will bounce you up usually two or three blocks high. And there are different puzzle elements with it, getting on the right spring. Uh, to bounce you to the level you want to go. No problem. Uh, then you have the uh, flip-flop blocks that are, those are the ones you just hit and they appear in the outline. Yeah. Uh, and you have timer blocks. Yeah. These are a beast because you hit them and they are only active for like three seconds. So you have, Mario has to be getting on the block, ready to hit the block, and the game uses these blocks to an obscene degree yeah. where they just keep throwing these at you as a puzzle. You pretty much have to stay on it and keep Yeah, as it. soon as yeah. it disappears, whack it back. Yeah. Now, actually, in concept, I think this, this game sounds like it could be pretty interesting. I just went over every element of the entire game. So, remember that. That's everything they have to work with. What makes this so bad in my opinion, is most of the levels will only use one or two elements at one time. So you very rarely have levels where you have the time blocks and the switcher blocks and the normal blocks all on the same level to complete a puzzle. Usually you'll just have a ton of timer blocks or you'll have a lot of regular blocks. And it's not that it makes it hard or easy because the game is actually very difficult, I found. Uh, the first, there are 110 levels total in the game. Uh, the first 10 levels, the first 90 levels, you can play in any order in blocks of 10. The first 10 levels are literal tutorial levels that you pretty much cannot fail at. Uh, and then the rest of them start adding elements in. 
up to about level 50. After 50 on, you've seen all the elements that the game provides, and then they just use them in a different way. The problem is how they use them. They do not make good puzzles. This is more like learning to use a mouse to me than it is a game. Because most of these aren't puzzles in a puzzly sense. It's not you've got to do this and then do that. It is how fast can you click on this block before Mario falls. And I don't like that aspect of it. It has great graphics, very colorful graphics. It's got good enough sound. It's not great. The sound effects are, again, not great, but they're certainly passable. But when you put all these elements together into a game, I don't think that they use the tools properly to make fun levels. What did you think about it? I think I liked it more than you. <clears throat> um, I was surprised. I've never used the Super Nintendo mouse, so I just used my computer mouse on this. It, uh, so the Super Nintendo I'm... mouse is a ball mouse that is very good. Right. It's very good. Um, this I was actually surprised. I thought to myself, why didn't this make the trip uh, overseas? Because this you could have played this over here. Uh, I mean, the cost, of course, is probably a big chunk of the reason why. But uh, I actually thought this was okay. I mean, was this the best game ever played? No. Uh, but I thought it was interesting. I didn't get I didn't get the little fifty. I can tell you that. But I I, I did pretty well. The, the problem with this game is the concept is sound. I mean, the fairy thing is stupid. I wouldn't have I would not have done it this way. I, I would have used a more familiar character unless they were just planning on using this chick as a more familiar character in Mario Universe. The, it also makes your main characters look like idiots. That's one thing. I've yes. Done. Because you do have to, one thing you failed to mention, it was like the whole time you're doing this manipulating stuff, your idiot characters are walking around like morons. They yes. This well, reminded me an awful lot of a game, uh, now not in play style, but in, in the actual theme of it. There was a game on the Amiga called Sleepwalker, where you're a dog and you try to keep your master who's sleepwalking from getting killed. He's walking all over the place, you're doing all this stuff to help him. It's very similar in terms of the theme of it. Now, and of course, this is an old deal, Mr. Magoo, you know, he's yes. blind doofus. But. Uh, some of this stuff. The funny thing about this game is there are parts of it where it's incredibly slow, and it, which is why they yes. did stuff like, like there's a part where there are many parts where your characters have to walk all the way across, the, you know, the whole structure, and so you're you're just a fairy. So what they've done is to make to make it give you something to do. They'll put the coin blocks in yes. or something. That's exactly and what that's the what coin the coin blocks, blocks are, are there for. Yeah, they're just to, there to give you something to do while your characters are lumbering across the playfield, especially if you pick someone really slow. Yeah. And uh, sometimes you, I mean, if you pick Yoshi, he is considerably faster yeah. than Peach. Some, something else I noticed on this is that if you're going to collect the stars, for example. Holy moly. It, it, I mean, it can be <laughs> difficult, but what it can also be is just tedious. Yes. This game has a lot of tedium in it when you just are waiting for things to happen. When the characters get on these, uh, like, uh, these uh, ladders the, going the, up, I don't know what yeah, escalators. Elevators. Uh, uh, or you're just waiting for them to walk somewhere. I mean, you're literally just doing nothing. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah. Uh, and it I, makes you want to play a faster character, and then the faster character is uh, too fast. Yeah, yeah because they, uh, yeah, cause you get these points, these time blocks. The time blocks, they don't stay on that long. No. And underneath them are almost always spikes or something. Yes. So if, you, if they go off, your character gets, you know, he's gone. Or what's even worse than that, what's far worse to me than the spikes is when you fall and you're back at the beginning of the level. Yeah. And you're like, 
Oh, well, gosh. And, and in a similar vein, when you get those levels where they have the bouncy, the, the trampolines or whatever, yeah, the, the springs, you can, if, you miss, uh, if you miss your guy uh, bonking him or something, he can hit one of those springs and go and just completely screw things up. Yeah. you got to start all over. And you're talking, these levels can be... Uh, uh, Several minutes long. Tedious. They're, they can be tedious. And so that was the downside. I mean, I think what they did here, they've got the team together. They said, listen, we got this peripheral. And you come up with something clever, and they and they came up with something pretty clever, but uh, it was not. Was it fun? Well, eh, it's okay. Again, yeah. it's so well. It's everything about it. The music's good. The sound. The graphics are nice. It's ready for prime time, except everywhere except for the actual gameplay, which is not horrible, but. It's okay. Yeah, it's not the best. And you, it, it's you, not like, I mean, when you mentioned Lemmings and the comparison, of course, you're always going to be making a, a comparison to a game like Lemmings, but Lemmings is far more, um, there's far more going on. Yeah. Like, you don't really, there's no idle time generally, because the only idle time you've got is when you've got, you've cleared the path and your Lemmings are heading out the exit, and you can just crank up the amount of Lemmings that come out and just hang out and wait for it to come and you're done. And But Lemmings is usually pretty manic. This and also since you're you've got one character here, and so and the camera focuses <laughs> on him. No, I never not got. On you. I never got. I didn't get anywhere near fifty. So I don't know if, if the, at some point other characters come out or whatever. No. But if we just stick to one character, you know it 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 can be slow. I didn't as an added bonus. The thought of you whack, <laughs> the, the fact that you're whacking these guys with your with your with your uh, staff or whatever as the fairy turn them around so it just it makes all the characters look like idiots i mean i never yeah. thought i felt bad for mario and these guys <laughs> they spend the whole the whole game with their head in buckets or shells or whatever yeah. they look like they look like morons and that's it wasn't what i would call good to the brand i don't think. well let's talk about that let's talk about the people who made this because you've got to think man they're getting nintendo's pop tier characters <clears throat> It's Mario, it's Yoshi, it's the princess, it's your top villain for the for the franchise. It's Wario, <clears throat> and you're saying they're yours. Make with them as you will. Who are you going to give that power to? And they gave it to a little company some of you might know, Game Freak. Yeah. Now, Game Freak, this was the last game that they made before they made Pokemon, mm -hmm. which is obviously the global phenomenon yeah. that Game Freak, let me tell you something, it, rolling in money. Yeah. Um, but when you think back, in Japan, this sold less than 500,000 copies, which Nintendo considered to be a failure, uh, which is the reason why I did not get a Western port. So I, I, it seems like I read that... The, the Mario Paint over there sold about 850,000 copies, something yes. like that. So that but, would be a, a duck. Yeah. So, and this did come with a mouse in Japan. You could. This was the alternative to buying Mario Paint if you wanted to get the mouse peripheral. Did you, so, see, did you see what it cost to buy the console? Oh, yeah. yeah. But here's the thing. This was Nintendo... <clears throat> Game Freak did this for Nintendo. If Nintendo could have said, you know what? You didn't do good enough. We're severing ties with you. Yeah. It was literally, it was probably pretty close because, like I said, Nintendo considered this a failure. And this was the game, you know, right before they revealed Pokemon. And Pokemon, of course, took the world by storm. Mm. 
So it's kind of a, an interesting blip in history because you never hear about this game. You never. I've never hear heard about of it. Game. I swear to God, I never heard of it until you mentioned it. I didn't know what it was. <clears throat> so, uh, uh, I know I've talked bad about the game in length, but it's really not that bad. The problem is it is tedious. It's mediocre. It is mediocre. Yeah. And you think when you've got the main players of your Mario universe. And when the title of your game is Mario and Wario and you don't get to play as either of them, this is sort of back, way, way back, if you remember, we talked about Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, where you yeah. didn't get to play as Mike Tyson and a lot of people got mad over that. It, I, I think kind of the same feel here. Your game is called Mario and Wario and literally, they could have been anything else. Yeah. They have their character, even their world, their item pickups, have no relevance on the game whatsoever. It was completely uh, slapped on as a marketing gimmick, and it did not work. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. I'm not sure having different characters wouldn't have been the way to go. But I, this game, I don't think, would have sold as well as it did, to be honest with you. The uh, the truth of the matter is, the peripheral didn't get over, the price of the game was too high, and the yes. game, if this game had been off the charts, you got something. But it was a, it was a mediocre it title. Was, and in Mario Land, mediocre don't cut it, bro. That's right. You know what else doesn't cut it? What? Not doing the wheel. So we oh, need to crank it up. Ding, ding, ding. fired up. Oh, my body. So, tell them what we added this week, Brandy. I can't tell them what we added, Aaron. You added it. Well, I told you before the show, but I'll oh, tell you Oh, you did. Again. <laughs> uh, you added full motion video games. Full motion video now, games. Now, this is not to be confused with Laserdisc games. No. This is simply games that... Use full motion video as the mainstay for their uh, uh, gameplay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, these were generally determined to be garbage, but we'll see if we can find a couple. Of, well, we might pick garbage one. It is you, Urban Yeti Man. Hey, hey, hey. You had a preference tonight? Uh, I'm always rooting for some Saturn. Let's see what we get here. Oh, that's one of the new ones. Okay, what we got what's it say? We've got. Some 1980s DOS. 1980s yes. DOS. Now, yes. We did our 90s DOS a yes. while back, so now we're going even older on the DOS front. Holy yeah. moly, that, I'm that's happy. A, that's a wide open Woo. landscape there. That's a good one. That'll be, that'll be interesting. So, uh, next one week. One thing we need to mention, we actually had some user reviews for the games we played. Yes, we did. Let's see what the general public thought about <laughs> Mario and Wario. General public. That's right. That's right. All right. <clears throat> you know, before we talk about that, let's actually talk about the arcade, uh, the arcade decoration challenge. Okay. You want to go into that a little bit? Tell the people yeah. what the reviews we got and what so, we ended up picking. So we we ended up having uh, uh, several very interesting uh, submissions in our redecorate the arcade challenge. Uh, we've picked out. Uh, we picked out three that we thought were pretty pretty clever. I think it was it was three or four we picked out. <clears throat> well, you want to go into a couple of yeah, those? Yeah. Uh, the the top three that we felt we received, and uh, all three of you, uh, if you wouldn't mind emailing us your details, your information, so we can we can send you a little something something. Um, it's ARG presents at mail dot com. Send us your uh, name and address, and we will. We'll be uh, we'll hooking you up with an arcade package. Fun pack. That's right. Uh, Andy Craig, he wanted us to go with a more of a traditional dark arcade look. 
uh, you know, really black out everything and, and add in, you know, the rope lights uh, that were very traditional back in the time for lighting. Um, give it a very 80s arcade look. And we're actually going to use an element of this. We are going to uh, use the rope lighting for our primary lighting. So it will be a bit of a dark arcade. Now, Andy really wanted us to go full force. He wanted us to paint the walls, paint the ceilings, paint it all. Yeah. Black it all out, man. Paint doesn't do well in this stuff. And, but, uh, uh, you know, we thought, ah, we can't do that. But you know what? We are going to go with uh, rope lighting for lighting see how that works out. Yeah. Uh, then we had Roly, who wanted us, since we're in a huge metal building, he wanted us to do uh, a Faraday cage. Type of uh, the Farricade. That's right. Yeah, he called it the Farricade. I like that. And uh, he had he actually talked about a few different elements, like a uh, 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 the 3D image uh, when you move it back and forth. I can't remember what those are called. Can you? I don't remember either. He. This was the most well worded email yes. of all time. Yeah, Rolly is a genius, as we know. And, and he he mentioned one other aspect, and, and this is the aspect from him that we're going to take is uh, to get coins, ask for coins all around the world of uh, different coins that they use to use to play arcade games and have a section of the wall just filled with these uh, coins and tokens that have given it more of a worldly feel because we do, this is a show that reaches kind of globally. Uh, so if you want to help us with that, if you, and that's your money. If you have a coin or a token, that you used in an arcade. Yeah, token prefer. We don't have to actually spend the money. Uh, you know, if you want to uh, mail that, and we will uh, hook you up with the address in the description. Yeah, send us an email, and we'll I'll talk to you off. I'll, I'll talk to you in, in private. And uh, uh, we would love, we would love to see that kind of thing. It would be awesome to have, you know, yeah, that was a good idea. Twenty, thirty coins from all around the world that people can look at and have them, uh, uh, you know, up on the wall. Yeah. Uh, but. Ultimately, ultimately, we went with the Pack Billy idea, and he says, "You know what? You're in West Virginia. Let's keep this in house. Put something up that you can share with the world. West Virginia monsters, and we have plenty of local West Virginia monsters. Uh, we've got the Braxton County monster. We've got Mothman, which is now globally famous." Uh, so we have a Grafted, lot of grafted monsters. Yes, we've got a lot of homegrown monsters that we can use as sort of decoration for the arcade. So, uh, Pack Billy, we are going to use your advice and do up at least some of the arcade along with the I think the, the ceilings other... are almost certainly. I'm gonna, yes. I've got an idea to put a big UFO up, too. Uh, that was a good idea. I, it's funny. I, I had... On the top, I've got some memorabilia in there, but we're gonna get right. some big stuff to put up. Right, so. and we're we're gonna use elements from the three that we've discussed. But uh, Pack Billy, great idea, and we're we're gonna go with that. And we and we got several other. We got actually quite a few other submissions, and we and they're all very very nice and clever. But we, we just can't we just can't send it. everything yeah. to everybody. Yeah, we appreciate you guys sending those. Uh, so Graham uh, has our reviews for user reviews. All right, <clears throat> and let's see if he agrees to what we said. Uh, he says, Shuffle Puck Cafe Review. A fun take on air hockey where you play against various computer character opponents of different hard skill levels. The mouse play is what makes it so approachable, yet sometimes frustrating, and at the same time, but overall, is a very well-presented game, 
sadly, without a two-player mode, 7 out of 10. So I think that is go. very fair. And of Mario & Wario, a bright and colorful action puzzle game with great music where you play as a fairy to guide Mario, Peach, or Yoshi over to Luigi, who stands at the goal sign. Your character moves in a lemming-style manner, and you need to clear the path by adjusting obstacles, filling gaps, and tapping the bucket they wear on their head to change direction to reach the goal, which sounds fun but lacks longevity, which I 100% agree with. Yeah, I agree. Thank you, Graham. Heck of a show today, man. It was, it was, it was something. So, uh, thanks for tuning Thank in Thank you week. for feedback. Thank you for arcade ideas. We're going to be tapping you for something else real soon, listening audience. By, by the way, uh, I should mention, uh, I, we did uh, heed your calls about the audio. Uh, yes. The, the arcade provides special audio challenges due to the uh, Faraday Cage-like atmosphere here. <laughs> so we have, we have tried breaking out the big blue ball for another round, and we're going to see how this gets over. So we are, we have heard your pleas, and yes. we are working And hopefully it. this will this will uh, be the end of the audio woes. But until next week, where we take a special look at 1980s DOS games. Hello!